They down from day one, so I say No new friends, no new friends, no new friends, no 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 Stay down from day one, so I say No new friends, no new friends, no new friends, no 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 Stay down from day one, so I say Welcome to your weekend sports buzz coming at you as we do every Saturday morning from 9 to 11. Good friend Mike Gandolfo brings you the action on Saturdays. On Sundays, we got myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside the lovely Ashley Ashley Miller. How you doing this morning, Ashley? I'm doing fantastic. Happy Memorial Day to you, Kelly. Yeah, happy Memorial Day. I want to say a big thanks to all the servicemen and women who have protected us, uh, whether currently or in the past. Um, that's what the, the weekend is for. We want to thank you. Absolutely. I'd imagine you're, you're happy coming off your a big victory for your Miami Heat last night. Actually. Yeah, you know I am. Um, they were starting to make me a little nervous. In Miami, the Pacers led for the majority of the game. But in the fourth quarter, Jesus Shuttleworth came alive. He did. He woke up. He came back from the grave. <laughs> he definitely did. So that was a... Um, it shows how how it's valuable to still have old guys like Ray Allen on your roster, even if he even if he seems like he's getting up there. He's here in the NBA at thirty eight. Yeah, just amazing. It is. But when you can shoot like that, as only a, a few guys in the history of the league have been able to do, maybe Reggie Miller could have an impact at such a, a an older age. But when you can shoot, you're always a threat to just blow up in a quarter. Like that, like he did last night in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. And I wonder sometimes I look at him and say, you know, he's taken such good care of himself and his body. Like, how many more years does he have in him? God, great question. I was thinking that just now, too. Is certainly doesn't seem like if, you know, unless he wants to retire after after this year, it doesn't seem like he would need to. No, it doesn't. I mean, he, he he's going to nail his free throws. He's going to hit open threes. I mean, there's always a spot for that on your roster, I think. Oh, absolutely. Not that big of a defensive liability to where he's just absolutely useless. No, not at all. And I think, it's, I, I would guess, at some point he's just going to get tired. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the question. I would have thought Reggie Miller could have hung around for quite a few years longer than he, he did. You know, there's the Allen Iverson syndrome mm-hmm. of you are the go-to guy on your team or at least one of the top couple few options. And then late in your career, maybe you have to take a back seat. Maybe you become the fifth, sixth, seventh offensive option. And maybe you're just not, you know, you don't want to do that anymore. You've been in the league over 10 years. You're going to be okay regardless. Maybe you want to just hang it up. Yeah. We'll see. I, you know, and I, th- I guess sometimes it just comes down to why are you playing? Like, are you playing to try to mentor and develop some of the younger guys? Are you there to be the star? If that's the case, then, yeah, it makes sense to go ahead and retire. But – if you're there to just continue being a part of a game that you love and make some pretty good pocket change at the same time, then that makes sense. You know what I would do is I would start marketing myself like Derek Fisher is. Mm-hmm. Derek Fisher's. Oh, damn! I, I said I said Ray Allen is the oldest. He's 38. Looks like Derek Fisher is actually 39. So I must oh, have okay. misheard it on the game last night. Derek Fisher is doing it in just the smoothest way possible where he's going to retire and become a coach and possibly walk right into a damn head coaching job. Yeah. That's got to be that's ideal. Smart. Yeah, that's smart. So if I were Ray Allen or any any player like that, I think that may be the route I try to go. Last week we asked our listeners, would you rather be a commentator a la, you know, Mark Jackson? Mhm. 
Um, who else has done it and, and stuck with, you know, even Barkley and, and Shaq. Those guys are taking clearly the let's talk about it on TV and have fun with it route. Instead, Reggie Miller's doing it. Yeah, that's true. Instead of the, I want to get involved in the, the coaching side of things. So I think it, a line is clearly drawn for certain guys. Chris Weber's now a, what I think is a pretty good analyst on, T, on TNT. He did some of the Wizards Pacers series. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, and I thought he did a pretty good job. So, I mean, certain guys cut out for trying to get into coaching. Obviously, it's not for everyone. No. But it doesn't sound like a bad path toward the end of your career. The weekend sports buzz comes at you, as I said, every Sunday from 9 to 11. Every, I'm sorry, every Saturday from 9 to 11. Every Sunday from 10 until noon. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. I want to know if the Pacers have a chance at coming back and bringing this to six or seven games. They're now down 2-1. to one. The next game will be tomorrow in Indianapolis. Are they going to win? Are they going to make this a series, or is it what going to be think? closed I, out quickly? And you know, I I said last night watching, um, the end, or yeah, yeah, watching the end of the game that I feel at the beginning of the game, I was starting to feel like Miami, like they're trying to stretch the series out. Yeah. I don't know. And I always, even as a kid, thought that sometimes the games went one or two longer than they should have just for the sake of television and yeah, all of that. But um, I don't know. Like at this point, it's really hard to say. Like Miami really hasn't been as dominant as I would like, as I would have liked to seen them. Um, but I mean, I do give them credit for the fact that when I, at the beginning of the game, they were down like what, almost what, 18, 19 points yeah. and came all the way back to win. So, um, I don't know, Kelly, it's hard to know what to expect in that next game. Weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville or go to lawyerforthecity.com. I was actually this past week. I was able to go to Shawnee Golf Course and and play nine holes with with our man Brandon Lawrence. I thought you were going to say you got in some thug life trouble and you needed to- <laughs> on Shawnee Golf Course. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't need Jared, uh, 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 Brandon in his representation at this time. But had a good time with Brandon. We look forward to him calling in at the end of the second hour, as he does each week. Correct us on any factual inaccuracies he may have heard from us. But the big question now is, in the NBA, we're now a Pacers station, so we have the green light, Ashley, on talking about the NBA all we want. Yeah. Or your Heat, or any other team. Preferably the, Miami. Yeah. It's, that's understandable. That's your team. You're a LeBron, LeBron girl. Yeah. So that's, sure. you know, that's, that's, that's your team. But the question is, if the Heat do close out this series and then they go on to probably beat the, the Spurs in the NBA Finals, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think there's any question LeBron will stay around and try to win a fourth consecutive title. Oh, sure. And it looks like that's going to happen. I'm, I mean, a, I'm a Pacers fan, but just being honest, it looks like the Heat are going to win the series. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're being realistic, and that's good. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is I mean, that's the realistic possibility at this time. Um, the Heat are up 2-1, probably going to win the series. Unfortunately, uh, still very early. Could happen where the Pacers. I mean, you can't count this Pacers team out. What they are doing is completely removing Chris Bosh, their best big man, from mm-hmm. the game. So the strategy, Roy Hibbert's playing well. Uh, David West is an animal inside when he's on, and they're they're winning the interior post presence battle. So 
Pacers could stretch it to six, seven games. Hell, maybe even win. But I think that the prevailing thought among NBA fans and within the uh, across the league, across the country, is if LeBron and this Miami Heat team somehow lose to the Pacers in this series, or maybe they lose to the Spurs in the finals, are we going to see LeBron go somewhere else? Yeah. Is he going to go back to Cleveland? I don't think so. What would you do if you were LeBron and you lost this year, you won two titles with the Heat, and then you, you're looking over your roster and saying, ah, D- Dwayne Wade's not getting any younger. Well, I mean, I I think you have to look around the league and say, where would I go where? to a ready-made team that's, that's solid, basically on all cylinders, and that has the experience yeah. to... Is there a team out the there? league for for uh, the next you know national championship? I don't think that team exists. What if, what if the Cleveland Cavaliers who won the lottery last week? What if they took the number one overall pick and they ex- they traded it for the expiring contract of one Kevin Love in the Minnesota Timberwolves? Mm-hmm. So then you have Kyrie Irving is twenty two years old, and you have Kevin Love who's probably twenty four, twenty five, something like that. Would that not be a little bit more appealing than playing with, uh, 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 toward the end of his career, Dwayne Wade? I mean, Kevin Love's one of the top players in the league. Yeah, At certain points, maybe an MVP candidate. Kyrie Irving's a legit threat from the, the point guard spot. If you're LeBron James, he clearly only wants to win titles. That's what he wants to do. Oh, of course. I think it comes down to where is the best bet of him doing that. I don't know. I also have the, would he ever go back to Cleveland? Would Cleveland embrace him back with open arms after the whole decision thing? I'm not sure if I were LeBron, I would want to place myself back in that environment after the way they treated him That was pretty brutal. That was. And, you know, for years after he left, I felt like the Cleveland fans just hated him and hated on him significantly, so... Yeah, I don't know that he put himself in that position. Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, has apologized for many of the comments that he made. Mm -hmm. But following the decision, the very publicized decision, when was it? In 2010? Dan Gilbert just ripped LeBron apart. And you're right, that was ugly. Yeah. Guys like Chris Broussard, guys inside the NBA who actually know what's going on, Swear to it that it's it's very possible and very real that LeBron would be open to going back to Cleveland. I don't know if he would. I don't know. I don't know if he would. That would be a... But Chris Broussard, who I would assume knows a little bit more about the situation than I do, mm. seems to think it's a very real possibility. I don't know. Also going on in the world of sports right now... Um, we've got, you know, it's... It's the offseason for everything. NFL draft, we're a few weeks out. Or NBA draft is a few weeks out. Uh, NBA draft's a few weeks in the future, but we're, we're, we're still oh, coming off the, yeah, a few weeks yeah. in the past we had the NFL draft. What so. about um, Teddy's contract? What do you think about that? I like it. Four-year contract. I love the marriage between Teddy Bridgewater and the very successful quarterback-friendly offensive coordinator that the Vikings have in Norv Turner. I love it. Mm. He's worked with guys like Troy Aikman, uh, Philip Rivers. He's not the best, you know, he's not the best head coach, but 
He's not the head coach of the Vikings. So, Norv Turner, Teddy Bridgewater, in my eyes, great fit for each other. You know, he's going to utilize his tight end. He's going to have a a receiving system that's very conducive to the quarterback excelling. Mm -hmm. Rarely do you see Norv Turner not have a good quarterback on his team. I mean, that doesn't happen. I'm looking over Norv's um, resume right here, and Brian Hoyer, I guess, is the, the quarterback who was of the Cleveland Browns last year, which is where Norv was the offensive coordinator at. Mm. But you saw the tight end, Jordan Cameron, I believe is his name, excel last year for the the Browns. I mean, they they always have something positive going on when you have Norv Turner coaching you. And I think Teddy can make all the throws. They've supposedly been very impressed with him. Brandon Lawrence said on our show last week that if, if Teddy doesn't start week one, then he's a disappointment. What do you think of that, Ashley? Uh... Oh man, that's tough. I, I I don't I don't personally expect him to start week one. No, not at week one. Um, I would I would say that considering all things equal, I would think that he should at some point in the season earn a starting role. But if he doesn't by week one, I'm not disappointed or thinking that he's a failure. I think, and just what I know about him as a player, I think that. Ultimately, he will be the, he will be the guy. Whether that's at the beginning of the season, midway through, towards the end, I feel like he'll work his way up. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Will Teddy Bridgewater start for the Vikings Week One? He's competing with uh, Florida State's Christian Ponder, USC's Matt Castle, Castle. also also Who famously also, of the, the Patriots. Asked someone asked him this week about. Um, if he viewed himself kind of as a mentor to Teddy Bridgewater, and he says, no, I'm just a teammate. So I wonder, because, you know, he recently signed a $10 million contract with the Vikings. It makes me wonder, does he, is he a little bit worried, maybe, about the fact that they signed Teddy Bridgewater, signed him for the same amount of time in his contract, gave him pretty decent money, Um is he worried that he may lose the starting spot to Teddy Bridgewater? What do you think? I think he should be. When Matt Castle's been given money in the past, he has not performed. He excelled during the season where Tom Brady was injured under Bill Belichick in that specific system in New England. He did good. He's a good quarterback. But I don't think that he's the, the guy that you build your, your franchise around. They've invested the money in him, but... No, I think the future of the quarterback position in Minnesota is Teddy Bridgewater. No question about it. That's why you draft somebody in the first round. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's no it's way. It's like, what message does that send yeah. to the quarterbacks on the roster, whether they've just gotten contract extensions or not, that says, you better watch your back. Yeah, I mean, that's, I know that the, the eyes of fans across the Louisville market and the Louisville fans will closely be watching that quarterback race this Oh, sure. I think it'll be interesting, and I do wish that it was closer. He was closer to home so that we could all go support him, uh, which is why I was really hoping to see him in maybe Cincinnati. But um, I definitely think, you know, Card Nation will be watching and cheering him on from afar. There was a big race. Indy 500 was yesterday. And as Ashley, I'm sure you can guess, I'm headed to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line now. 
To talk to. To talk to our man, Carolina Steve. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? The uh, Indianapolis 500 comes on on television in less than an hour. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's this weekend. What, what, what do fans have to look forward to with the Indiana, the Indy 500 today? Okay, number one, it will be the last time ever that Jim Nables, Babers will sing back home in Indiana again live. Okay. He's stepping down. Number two, our man from NASCAR, Kurt Busch, is attempting to do the double. That is, run the Indy 500 and the uh, Coke 600 in the same day. The last man to do this and complete every mile of these two races was from Columbus, Indiana, Smoke, Tony Stewart. And it's ironic because... Bush drives for Tony Stewart this year. Okay, so he's trying the to Stewart Haas Racing. He's trying to do both things. He's he's trying to do what what not many try. Uh, do you think he'll be able to pull it off? Uh, he has a good chance. The the people in India are really surprised by what uh, Kurt's doing uh, up there, and uh, you know you know what he can do in NASCAR. But I, I'm just wondering about uh, how long it takes, you know, uh, to get from uh, Indy to Charlotte and various other things. And it's going to be a good try. I'll be watching every lap of it uh, today. I've already start, uh, been on the first third of the races. I watched my favorite Formula One race, and one day in my bucket list, if I had the money, I'd love to go. They ran the Grand Prix of Monaco today. And let me tell you what, that that is a beautiful setting. There were people watching that race from yachts in there, and I just enjoy watching that one. And uh, the guy who won it, his father had won it before him, and the guy who finished second, Lewis Hamilton, I believe at one time was dating a girl from Manual High School. there's a group, an uh, all-girl group, and I can't think of it. Uh, it's the girl from Manual won the uh, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, what was she? And what I group was she in, Ashley? That... The Pussycat Dolls. The Pussycat Dolls. That's right. Louisville, Kentucky. Woo. Yeah, I think that uh, that girl was actually dating Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Was, uh, is it uh, Nicole Schultz? He is leading. I don't remember who she was, but uh, it was it's something to watch. And then tonight you got the longest race in stock cart, 600 miles at Charlotte. And on this one, I'm I'm pulling for a woman to win this race. She qualified for it. I'm pulling for Danica Patrick to win the World 600. Wow. Okay. So that's tonight. Danica may. It ought to be. It ought to be good. And to get to y'all's. Playoff basketball. Yes. I haven't heard anybody mention yet the greatest playoff player there's ever been. He won the, uh, He was on the team that won the most championships in a row. He also won it as a player coach. I've not heard anybody mention Bill Russell at all, and he's probably the greatest ever to play in the championships. You could certainly argue a guy like Bill Russell who – 
specialized in things like rebounding, blocking shots, and even was a hell of a passer. But at the end of the day, he won titles. It was a long time ago, Carolina. So, I mean, you got to give us a break there. But you're right. He, he, he's maybe, I mean, do you consider him as the greatest player ever? Yeah, and I consider this as far as championships. They said Michael won six. If you look at the players who played with Bill Russell, I believe second most at 11 championships was Casey Jones. Yep, you're right. So I'll be sitting, you got to look, and I quit watching the Celtics, I mean, professional basketball, the day Larry Bird retired. And I just don't watch it anymore because I don't like the way it's being played. I don't like the way they're, they're puffing individuals instead of teams. It's a team effort. It's not a LeBron James effort. It's a team effort to win these games. And that's, I'll, 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 as a coach, that's what I preach. And I'll go to my uh, grave saying that's the way that basketball should be played. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the call, Carolina. Have a great rest of your weekend. I am. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Carolina. You know, Carolina is a big fan of Scotty Davenport, and I think about everybody around here really is. Scotty Davenport, every year I hear him talking about it, regardless of what show he's on. I've talked to him before, but he's always preaching – about how great the San Antonio Spurs do and how they play basketball the right way. Carolina said they, they promote individuals, and clearly, you know, the Spurs have Tim Duncan. Historically, he's their best player. But they play, they, you know, they, they, they do things the right way. The statistic comes to mind my buddy sent me the other day. Tony Parker needs one assist. When he mentioned Casey Jones, that, that rec- you know, that uh, reminded me of this statistic. So Tony Parker... Maybe not considered as great as Tim Duncan, but he's been there for the majority of these title runs. Not every one of them. I think the first one, Tony Parker wasn't there yet, but he needs one assist to join Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Scottie Pippen as the only players with 3,500 points and 1,000 assists in postseason history. Wow. So would you, before I said that, would you have considered Tony Parker in that elite crew? No, not at all. Is he, I mean, he's is he a, underrated? Should we give him more credit, more credit def- than what he, what he he's gets? He's definitely been around for, for a while, so that totally makes sense. And he's only like 31 years old. Yeah, he's pretty young, too. So, 32 years old. In, in May, he, he just turned 32, May 17th. Wow. So, Tony Parker deserves consideration in that elite level of historically great NBA playoff performers. today. At 8.30 p.m., we see San Antonio at Oklahoma City. On TNT, Spurs lead the series 2 to nothing. Serge Ibaka may make a comeback. He's their shot blocker. He can hit the mid-range jumper. Well, I don't know about but that do you, comeback. Yeah, do you think the, the are the Thunder dead? Uh, Down 2 nothing. I mean, it doesn't look good for them. It doesn't. I think they may, they may have one more win in them, but I don't think there's any way they're winning the series. And I really don't expect to see Ibaka out back, back out there today yeah. at all. Even if he is, he may be a shell of himself. He had a serious injury. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's uh, not necessarily enough to add what I think the, the Thunder need, No, I which is like... a third option offensively. All you got is Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant doing yeah. their thing. That's, that's, that's almost the, the opposite. A lot of people compare Oklahoma City to San Antonio no. because – 
because Kevin Durant's a mild manner, nice guy, smaller market, not in the big flashy lights. But at the end of the day, the Spurs play basketball the way Scotty Davenport and Carolina Steve love. Carolina the Steve, they play a, it the right way. They the Thunder, system. they don't. Those You're are right. two superstars who just gun up shots. You're right. And um, I think the Spurs, they have a legit system. And they recruit, or not recruit, but they draft players that fit in that system, which is why you see guys come there and do so well. And um, that's hard to beat with a team that has two young guys that just shoot the ball and they touch it. That's not coaching. I mean, it's that, not, that's, it's that's not organized a, a, street ball. It's organized street ball. And that does not, I mean, the, Michael Jordan and the Bulls, all the teams that have won, they have a good team concept. And the, the Oklahoma City Thunder do not have that. At least they don't right now, especially with Serge Ibaka out. Right. Ashley and I are going to head to a break, and we'll be back with more of your weekend sports. I don't know why they been lying, but your shit is not that inspiring. Make it can't stay me to look like I'm ready for early retirement. Kenny, that's talking that just to get a reaction. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller coming at you to talk about all things in the world of sports as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon. Weekend sports buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence. Where Ashley, what does J stand for? What J stands for justice. J stands for justice. What Brandon J. Lawrence promotes is the truth and justice. If he hears any inaccuracies on our shows, He'll call us at the end and, and let us know. If we were talking about um, Tony Parker being in rare category, or, you know, categorizing him as one of the greatest playoff performers in the history of the league, and maybe we, we butchered some of the stats, Brandon will let us know. I yeah, don't, he would have gotten you on that, um, the oldest player. He, he would have, yeah. he yeah. would have gotten you on that. I, I corrected myself. Um, I, I assume... I must have misheard it. I watched the game last night, and they I thought they said Ray Allen is the oldest player in the NBA. He's 38. But I looked at it, and Derek Fisher did play this past season, I think. Or he's still playing. Yeah, he's oh, a yeah, he's Thunder. He's yeah. a Thunder. He's yeah. still in the playoffs, and he's 39. So maybe I misheard what they said. Maybe they said oldest player in that game. Mm-hmm. But Brandon J. Lawrence, give him a call, 502 502- 587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Over the last week, you know, Ashley, we're a weekly show, so we get to talk about all the big stories in the, in the world of sports. Over the last week, following the Donald Sterling oh, gosh. horrible fallout with the Clippers and his wife now agreeing to sell the team, Mark Cuban made some but pretty— only. Uh, what's that? The, the caveat was that she has to retain minority oh, really? ownership. Really, which is I think is going to be obviously is going to be the issue because they don't want them, um, the Sterlings, in any capacity involved with the team. So that's definitely going to get interesting. Wow, I, I didn't uh, didn't know that that she wants to still have minority ownership in the team. So, regardless, Mark Cuban came out trying to be honest, and I don't necessarily fault him at all. He's just trying to acknowledge that there are racial issues in our country. Made some comments that have really. Gotten a lot of publicity. Maybe he, I mean, Cuban's not in any trouble. Ashley, did you see his comments? 
Yeah, I did. And uh, I was I was reading, actually, someone responded to them and were saying, uh, oh, Stephen A. Smith was saying that they're accurate, that his, his, his comments were accurate, which is interesting, you know? Oh. Yeah, I, I, I think it's true. I mean, it, unfortunately, and I think a lot of people are brushing it under the rug because the way he said it, he said, if I see a young black kid in the middle, late at night, and he's got a hood over his, his head and he's walking... Yeah, I'm going to feel fishy about it, and I'm going to go to the other side of the street. He said, on the same token, if I see a white guy covered in tattoos all over his face, then I'm going to once again go back to the other side of the street. But I, I, I do think that there's a little bit more to it than maybe some people are giving it credit for. Sure. If he saw a white kid with a, a hooded sweatshirt on, maybe he wouldn't cross the street. Yeah, and I feel like there's so much not said. I mean, he's and... clearly saying there's a difference between blacks and whites as far as his comfort level, right? Mm-hmm. And he's being honest. I don't have a problem with it. Unfortunately, in large part, sometimes that is the case. But, I mean, I I do think that he is saying something to the effect of his comfort level around white people versus African-American people. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a controversial topic. A lot of people don't, you know, it's not something that everybody wants to address head on. They want to. In my eyes, they want to play it off and say, well, he's just being honest. And I do think he was. I don't think it makes him a bad person. Sure. But I think that he, he was indicating something controversial there. Give us a call, 502-5, I'm sorry, 502-384-1450, and let us know what you think. And you see someone like Stephen A. Smith says that he applauded his honesty, and he said, I, absolute, I took absolutely positively no offense to what he had to say. So it, it's interesting because... Of course, for different people, people are going to take it differently. So um, some people are going to be offended. Some people will not be. Um, it, it's just it's just a really interesting topic. And then you have someone like Stephen A. Smith weighing in with his comments. But, of course, that's not going to, to be what everyone thinks. Everyone else may have something totally different to say. Definitely a controversial topic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the NBA has dictated a lot of our show thus far. And as far as I'm concerned with it, Ashley... Like I said, like I've said before, I've been an NBA fan my whole life. We can talk about NBA the whole show. Yeah, it's that time of the year. It's that time of the year. NBA, in my eyes, is is maybe the greatest show around. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Let us know what you think. Um, we're going to head to the buzz line now. we got our man Kevin on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Kevin? I'm doing all right. I have this, uh, I'm not for sure, but I think that, uh, well, I'm pretty sure Steve Nash, unless he retired or something after the season, he would, he the um, should be about the oldest player in the NBA because I do believe he's like 40 years old. Okay. Well, maybe I was butchering that stat all around. Let me look at it. You're right. He, he definitely is still, yeah. he's definitely still in the league. And you're right. Good call there, Kevin. Yeah, he's 40. He's 40 years old. So you're right there. I don't know what the hell. I w- was hearing last night. Maybe I was hearing voices. Maybe. <laughs> Killer. What, what do you think of this NBA playoffs? Do you think that the Oklahoma City Thunder are are dead? I mean, are they going to be able to come back and maybe take the take hold of this series? Uh, uh, I like the Spurs. I always like the Spurs. They played it. Like you were talking about earlier, man, they played good team ball. Cause we were just watching game last night, and we were just – just talking about how the Spurs play, and um, and I just don't. I'm not, you know, I just don't think Kevin Durant and Westbrook can beat them. Just supposed to. I just don't think it. Mm-hmm. So, I just, regardless, of, 
Sorry to interrupt you there, Kevin. Regardless who comes out of the West, whether it be the Spurs or the Thunder, do you think either of those teams would have the firepower to dethrone the almighty Miami Heat? Uh, oh, man. Mm. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I really don't. I think it's, whoever comes out of the East is going to win it. That's just how I look at it this year. I think whoever wins that East series, it looks like it's going to be Miami again. So once the Heat win it, do you think LeBron will decide to stick around in Miami? You know, I heard a stat earlier that Norris Cole is the only guy that's on on the roster for this upcoming season. Everybody else is set to be renegotiated. So the Pat Riley, who you got to think he's preparing for making a run at keeping LeBron James, that they're going to try to bring in maybe some fresh legs and, and keep LeBron happy. If LeBron wins it, is there any question in your mind, Kevin, that he'll come back and try to have try to go for, I guess what you'd call a four-peat? Oh, I could see him coming back, and I wouldn't see. I wouldn't understand why he would leave Miami to go back to Cleveland of all teams. Anyway, I mean, there's nothing there. But you never know. I mean, I don't know. LeBron just doesn't seem to me. Just doesn't seem. Uh, mm, I guess maybe he might leave. I don't know. He just doesn't. I don't know about LeBron like that. But I don't see why he would leave Miami though. I really don't. Is there a better team in the league that could, with younger players or with younger players but still with enough experience, do you think that could um, lure LeBron? I don't think so either, but what do you think? Now, with younger players, uh, now you're talking Cleveland, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe if you surround him with a lot of, maybe a little bit, a lot of younger talent. And I do think that Miami does need an overhaul of um, role players on that team. But uh, LeBron, uh, I don't see him. Bob, to be honest, I don't see him leaving Miami regardless. Not with Pat Riley being the general GM there. I don't see it. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you very much for your call. Have a great rest of your weekend. We look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you. Good stuff there from our man, man Kevin. Mm-hmm. Those are our first... Fact check of the day. First fact check. He did. He he was he corrected us. And Steve Nash is forty years old. So Kevin promoting the justice out there. Brandon J. Lawrence won't have anything to correct us on because I assume we're we're going to be right about everything else we talk about today, right, Ashley? Yep. So back to the Mark Cuban thing. It's a, it's controversial. People don't always want to talk about it, um, and I don't know that a sports is a sports radio show something that, to where you would talk about. A topic like that. It seems to be thrown in our face, I guess, in a predominantly African-American league. I think 80-85% of the league is is black. And it's something that Mark Cuban felt was necessary to address. Is, is the sports realm, is that is that the, a, a whole different topic? I, I feel like it is because it's not like you're dealing with... I feel like when you talk about the guys that can, that are playing sports, these guys are for the most part millionaires. Like they're not like the regular or average person on the street. So, like to even bring that up in that sense, it's almost just a. a it's almost Nolan Boyd. Yeah, that, that's fair. Mark Cuban's not going to get in any trouble for what he said, and I don't. I don't think he should. He's trying to be honest. I think that admitting certain ways that that people natu- sometimes some people naturally feel is different than obviously taking action, which is what. Donald Sterling was recorded as suggesting 
his discriminatory comments of um, that he was secretly recorded on. So, I mean, it's a topic that, that makes people feel uncomfortable. It's not always fun to talk about, um, but it's it's getting a lot of the headlines right now. I, I think it's almost more of a, a non-story. He, he's came out and said that he stands by his words. He's apologized. Um, so it, it's a story that it is getting a lot of attention. Should it within the sports realm? Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, anytime somebody says anything that's remotely controversial, you're going to have people that are upset and it's going to be an issue, especially somebody that has any type of vision, like, I don't know, any type of name. It's going to be a big deal. Somebody's going to make it a big deal. No question about it. Another story that's gotten a lot of attention over the last week has been that the U.S. soccer team coached by a German, very successful German guy, um, decided to leave Landon Donovan off of the roster. You heard anything about this, Ashley? I haven't, no. Landon Donovan, hands down, the most well-known soccer player at the United States in many years. He's not 40. He's not Steve Nash. He's not even Derek Fisher or Ray Allen. He's 32. But in a sport like soccer... I feel maybe even more than basketball. Yeah, more than basketball. You got to have young, fresh legs. And Landon Donovan's thirty-two years old, but maybe he's he's toward the the back end of his career. And the head coach, his name is Jurgen Klinsmann, came out and he he chose chose his team. And the most, I mean, I would argue maybe even the the LeBron James of American soccer mm-hmm. was left off the roster. Ouch. 57. That's the number of goals Landon Donovan has scored for the U.S. national soccer team. He scored 57 goals, Mm -hmm. and they couldn't find a spot for him, despite the fact that he's only 32 years old. Is soccer something that matters in the United States? Landon Donovan played the majority of his career overseas, as, you know, the best soccer players in the world do. Do you care about soccer, Ashley? Uh, or football, as they call it overseas? I don't pay attention. You, okay. I don't, I don't really either. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's something that a lot of people do do like within the, 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 the spectrum of American sports. Landon Donovan left off the team. I mean, the coach is clearly trying to do what he thinks best for his team. He wants to win. He's evaluated by, by if he gets out, of, if he wins a game, or at least has a good showing. So, I don't think the, the United States are going to win anyways. But, you know, that's, that's uh, the storyline there is he left off the most popular soccer player out of the United States. The, week, the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence. Brandon is the lawyer for the city. Go to lawyerforthecity.com. Check him out. Give Brandon a call at 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Ashley and I are going to head to a break here, and we will be back with more of your weekend sports buzz. Stay tuned. We may even have a a version of Ashley's Loco Cinco coming up here at the 11 o'clock hour. Maybe. 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 Maybe not.
talking my language. Being ready is real, I don't know about you. She just wanna smoke and fuck. I said, girl, that's. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller coming at you for another version of the weekend sports buzz as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW. 11 o'clock hour is, is approaching very quickly and we'll have another version of Ashley's Loco Cinco where she breaks down the five craziest stories in the world of sports. I'm looking forward to it as I do every week. There's always a a twist, whether it be something about the um, presence of, of prostitution at certain events or drugs. I mean, I, I really I, I get excited for hearing how many athletes, unfortunately, they've got this, this microscope on their lives, and anything they do out of the ordinary gets blown up. Yep. I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's what they've signed up for. You know, I saw an event, this is completely different, uh, not sports-related at all, but did you see where Charlie Sheen, he signed up for it, and he said that Rihanna, that they saw each other out at an event, and Charlie Sheen asked for his date to be able to meet Rihanna. Hmm. And she, I guess, was busy, or for some reason could not meet with her. And Charlie Sheen just went on this horrible Twitter rant against her. Hmm. And he said something to the effect of, kind of like what I was saying, is you sign up for being a celebrity... I guess you should just have to be able to drop what you're doing at any time and talk to fans. And I don't know. Charlie Sheen seems seems like he's great with it. Yeah. So that's a pop culture reference, which is something that, that, that comes into play, whether it be Justin Bieber or Ashley's Loco Cinco <laughs> each week. So. Right. So we've got just a few minutes till the Ashley's Loco Cinco. In the meantime, it looks like the likelihood is that the number one overall pick in the NBA draft will be Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if Andrew Wiggins going to the Cavaliers is enough to, to lure LeBron away. We talked about that a little bit in the, the last segment. Um, other stories across the league. I know that we're almost exclusively an all-NBA show today. That's okay with me once again. Uh, Shane Battier was voted as the NBA's top teammate. He's I can a, see that. Yeah, I really he, like him. He's an older guy, but he's he's the type of guy that he's known for his on-the-ball defense, always has been, even in co- back when he was playing college basketball for Duke, he was known for taking charges at just a really high rate, which is not something that, you know, basketball players ever really, I mean, who else throughout history comes to mind when you think of guys who specialize in take char- taking charges? I can't think of anyone else. No. So it says here that the Miami Heat forward was announced Saturday as the winner of the league's Twyman Stokes Teammate of the Year Award, which recognizes selfless play, leadership, work as a role model. How is, let's see, how has Shane Battier done in the playoffs this year? You got to think the Miami Heat are looking to get younger. And Probably so. Maybe getting rid of guys such as Shane Battier, maybe even Ray Allen. And going younger, but as Ray Allen proved last night, he still I mean, has it. He still has it. Still has value out there on the court. 
And I don't know, there, you know, there's a fine line there between getting rid of the old guys and bringing in young guys that don't really have the same type of experience. Like, there's a lot of value to that, too. So, I don't know. That that's a that's a really tough situation. It is. You know, teams like the San Antonio Spurs have done a good job with it. Kawhi Leonard, I think, is a great example. He's arguably at certain points now, maybe maybe the most valuable player on the floor for the sure. Spurs. And he's yeah. he's a young guy, so they, they, mm-hmm. they do a good job. It's a delicate balancing act, but the Spurs seem to do pretty well with it. I think therein lies the value in having a system for a team like that, because then you have team like players that are older playing within a system so nobody's like overexerting themselves too much like they're all kind of playing their role and um i honestly think that's what that's what a team like miami may look towards for the future like moving forward is we've got some guys with tremendous experience that still can play obviously but um do we get them in a system where they don't have to play as hard all the time but are still productive yeah, no question about it. The, the mere presence of someone like Tim Duncan, I'll, I will always default to Tim Duncan's presence on that San Antonio Spurs team as being the reason that guys like, you know, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, uh, Kawhi Leonard, back in the day, Bruce Bowen, uh, so, you know, so many different guys are able to thrive because when you have a true center in there that can do so many different things, just changes the spectrum of your defense from always knowing that you have a rim protector there who's going to consistently be there whether or not he blocks a shot or not. I mean, he's there. And then on offense, too. I mean, it. we always saw it with Shaq back in the day with the Lakers. Guys like Rick Fox or the Derek Fisher, who we spoke about earlier, they're going to hit three-pointers because you can't just ignore Shaq in the post. Normally, it gets a double team. Of course. So, I think that... Tim Duncan is, is, in my opinion, maybe the more more underrated player in a long time. Steve, Carolina Steve earlier mentioned Bill Russell, but I think Tim Duncan's in that same category. Sure. He's a selfless type guy who his presence out there just just so dramatically changes everything on offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, and LeBron isn't exactly that type of player. No, he's not as big. He's not as big, so he's not a center. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, I mean, Michael Jordan did it. I think, right? Mm. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe you have to be a center to impact the game that way. Shaq Shaq certainly did it. Yeah, because I think like those are the guys that are going to make everybody alter their shot or think twice about coming into the lane. But I think those are typically the big guys, like the the centers that are uh, Shaquille O'Neal, maybe in the future Dwight Howard. (laughs) Yeah, Dwight Howard's an interesting Um, case because I don't know that he's as, as good of a passer as Shaq was a very underrated passer, and I think Duncan's a good passer too. But no, Dw- Dwight Howard at least has a presence in there. Yeah, You're defensively, right. that's I think that's the presence that you miss on teams when you don't have a a solid big guy like a Tim Duncan. I, I, I'll always claim that if Rick Pitino would have won the lottery the way that he thought he would when he went to the Celtics, and he had Tim Duncan on his team, that he would still be coaching the Celtics. <laughs> Because I think Tim Duncan impacts the game that much. He does. I mean, there's just no way around it. He's arguably one of the more valuable players in the history of the league in my eyes. Um, Maybe a top five, top ten player ever. I'm not saying he's better than Jordan. But, I mean, what he has done over such an extended period of time is just very impressive. Guys like Tony Parker coming out with those stats that I mentioned earlier. He wouldn't have done that 
if it wasn't for his association with Tim Duncan. Not a, not a doubt in my mind sure. that, that he needed Tim Duncan to do that. You have uh, the music for Ashley's Loco Cinco coming up. I've got something else going over it, but let's see. Here. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Are you going crazy back there? I'm going crazy. It's the 11 o'clock hour. That means we have another version of the hottest show on television or radio. The hottest segment out there. Ashley's Loco Cinco. Ashley, what do you have for us this morning? Well, we've got stories for you today uh the first one we're talking about ti and floyd mayweather apparently oh. uh ti took a swing at floyd mayweather and it caused a chair tossing brawl in the fat burger really he took a swing at a him swing at him wow in the fat <clears throat> in the fat burger on the vegas strip on um early last week um, according to several witnesses floyd was inside eating in the restaurant when ti walked up and started drawing with floyd um, it's unclear what caused the beef, but it's being said that T.I. swung at Floyd and then their bodyguards jumped in to separate them, and then the all-out brawl began. So um, uh, Las Vegas PD arrived just as Floyd was leaving, and uh, apparently at that time T.I. had already left the scene. Uh, police confirmed that one guy suffered a minor injury during the flight, but he um, refused treatment and did not want to cooperate with any investigations. Um, a rep for TI said he had no comment about the flight uh, about the fight. And then uh, less than a month ago, TI and the game were apparently in another near riot in uh, LA outside of some other club. Wow. So I don't know. My question is, who in their right mind wants to pick a fight with? Floyd Mayweather. You know, I've defended Justin Bieber and other celebrities at times for partying and doing things that I did when I was 19. Mm-hmm. You know, he's driving fast. He's, he's, I'm not excusing it, but I mean, he's, he's having fun and he's out uh, hanging out with women and he, he's, he's drinking and doing things that may be illegal, but to an extent you can almost say, yeah, that's dumb. But if we're all being honest, a lot of us did similar things in the past. Justin Bieber has come out, and he has challenged one of the Diaz brothers to an MMA fight or a boxing match. And now T.I. swinging on on Floyd Mayweather. That is one thing I will never relate to, Ashley. No. That's I'm I'm a superstar. Now I think I can fight. Now I think I can fight the best fighters in the world? That, I... That's inexcusable, and they deserve to get their ass kicked. There's no way around that. <laughs> if you think you can all of a sudden, because you're, you're a rapper or you're famous, if you think that means that you can beat up the best fighter in the world, then you're an idiot. You deserve to get your ass kicked. Basically. So I don't – T.I. doesn't score any points there for me. He should – He uh, should go uh, somewhere uh, and sit down. He should go sit down somewhere. He, I mean, Floyd may have been out of line at that event. You saw Little Wayne – in in Floyd Mayweather's last fight against um, Marcos Maidana, Lil Wayne was apparently drunk in trying to fight Marcos Maidana in the, the afterward. So I don't know what the hell is wrong with some of these celebrities. That's one thing I will never ever be able to relate to is is you're, you're famous and maybe you have a you've been drinking, you're having fun. All of a sudden, you think you can fight one of the best fighters in the world? I don't get that. Yeah, that's not very smart. All right, story number two. Story number two. Apparently, Terrell Owens is 
back on him on himself again. Uh, he oh, says God. he got interviewed uh, this week and said he's in sick shape, that he runs a 40-yard dash from 4.3 seconds and believed that there's no doubt in his mind that he could still be playing in the NFL just as soon as the team calls him. So apparently he talked to TMZ Sports out in Studio City, California, uh, yesterday, and um, he's 40 years old, apparently going to be a future Hall of Famer, um, was literally patting himself on the back saying both he and uh, Chad Johnson could compete on any NFL roster today. Uh, but when he at, when he was asked if he would consider follow, following Chad up north to compete in the CFL, he didn't exactly say no. Um, and then... When uh, making his pitch to play in the NFL, T.O., he also said, I've never had any off-the-field problems, none of that, Um, which is interesting considering everything that's happened with him and uh, all the stuff that he's kind of gone through over the years. Um, Does he still have it, uh, Kelly, or does he also need to go somewhere and sit down? He needs to go somewhere and sit down, and I'm, I'm normally someone who does not hate on someone who tries to stick around too long in the league, but... If you can get a contract, that's one thing. If you've been trying to get a contract for three years and nobody wants you for whatever reason, then you don't, you don't get Kelly Patrick defending you because, um, I mean, it's the ultimate meritocracy, the NFL. If you deserve to be playing on a team, you'll get a shot. Mm-hmm. Guys like Alden Smith who have these horrible issues that go on, Ray Rice, um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Ray Lewis, um, years ago, the defensive end out of Tennessee for the Rams. Leonard Little actually was involved in a drunk driving accident where he killed someone. He got to stick around. Mm. It, it doesn't matter what you have done. You're going to get a shot. Michael Vick was just, many people hate Michael Vick. He still could contribute at the NFL level, so he made a roster. Right. Terrell Owens... Clearly doesn't, I mean, nobody's signing him. So I can't, I mean, it's interesting to me that he continues to get interviews. Right. Because he's clearly (laughs) crazy. He's crazy. He is crazy. Story number three. NBA star Brandon Jennings, which you may be interested in this story, Kelly. Sure. uh, Is one step closer to marrying his girlfriend, LaShante Heckert, because the ex-video vixen has officially filed papers to end her domestic partnership with another woman. Oh, um, there's been some rumblings that Jennings and Heckard are engaged, but fact is she can't legally tie the knot until she terminates her relationship with a woman named Monique Blanton, who she domestically partnered with back in 2008. Uh, according to court documents filed in L.A., uh, LaShante took Monique's last name, so their relationship appears to have been just more than a way to save on their taxes. Uh, either way... The legal documents that she and Monique separated um, in 2011, citing irreconcilable differences. Um, In the documents, um, the woman, she's um, asking to have her her name legally restored to her original last name, her maiden last name is Heckert, clearing the way to become a Jennings if, in fact, she and Brandon do get married. Wow. Wow. You don't hear about that too much. No. So she basically has, is getting a divorce from a woman so she can marry Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings going for another first since the NBA in, instituted the rule where you have to be out of high school for at least a year. Brandon Jennings was the first player, and as far as I know, the only player, 
to choose instead of going to play college basketball for a year, he said, hell, I'm going to go play in Italy. Mm-hmm. And he played in Italy for a year. I heard at certain points he was near the end of the bench because um, of the certain style of play. And I mean, it was an interesting case. But he came back in 2009. He was drafted 10th overall and has had a relatively successful career. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a good a good player, a lefty, someone I compare maybe to maybe Nick Van Exel or someone who can light it up. Um, but now he's getting married and, you know, more power to him. Just an interesting story. It's something you don't hear about too often. <laughs> no, not often at all. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Makes sense that we'd hear about stories like this. Gay marriage is spreading at a pretty rapid pace. You just don't hear about stuff like this for whatever reason. No, you don't. Not, not okay. much at all. Uh, story number four is kind of an inspirational, nice story. Um, Adrian Bonner is being called yep. an inspiration. Uh, you're smiling. I guess you've heard about this. I one, have, but, actually. Uh, so a rep from the National Organization for Homeless People says that the boxing champ should be applauded after he gave $1,000 to an unsuspecting homeless man earlier this week. Um, there was apparently some footage that went viral almost immediately showing Bronner rolling up to a homeless man on a street corner and surprising him with $1,000 in cash. The man's reaction was super emotional. Um some people have been criticizing the move, saying it was a shameless publicity stunt. But the National Organization for the Homeless um, said the other players or people with money, fighters, etc., should follow Bronner's lead. Um, they said, "What well, we think, we think what he did was really cool, and we hope it will inspire anyone who has extra money to do the same." Yeah. Did you see the video? <laughs> no, I didn't watch. Yeah, the video. pretty cool video. He, you could tell that it was real. Um, the homeless guy just continually kept saying, are you kidding me? I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Someone really needs some money, and he, he gave him. Now, what is that guy going to use that money for? Hopefully, hopefully good things. I shouldn't know. assume bad. No, you can't assume bad. I can't assume. But it was nice. Adrian Bronner, who has had just tons of very inappropriate public stunts where, you know, there's the multiple sex tapes he has released, I think, on his own. Oh, boy. And um, I think he, he's, you know, he's the Floyd Mayweather Jr. Is, I'm sorry, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Jr. is what he's <laughs> he's going for, but he's doing it in a very brash way. This is a nice, refreshing sample of Bronner doing something in a good way. So good publicity for the, the sport of boxing, which I love. And for the almost local guy, he's from Cincinnati. I mean, that's it's not too far from us. So it's cool to see something positive come out of the young Adrian Bronner. Yes. All right. Story number story number three? Five. So, I'm sorry. Story number five. <laughs> Where's time went? Okay. I know. Um, apparently, uh, the headline news host, who was named as a plaintiff in a crazy sexual harassment lawsuit against Johnny Manziel, Says she's obviously God. The, that cra- that is the craziest story. I read that whole thing. <laughs> said she's obviously the victim in a cruel hoax, and said she's never even met the quarterback. So apparently, um, her name is Samantha Shaker. I guess that's how you say it. Um, has spoken out and says that she was shocked when she woke up and learned that someone filed a bogus lawsuit against Manzel using her name in Florida. 
the lawsuit is truly insane uh, with the hoaxer who was posing as Samantha um, demanding $25 million from Manziel, claiming he bombarded her with naked selfies, including one picture where he put his penis between a hot dog bun. Uh, the phony shaker also claimed in the suit that she has nightmares of Manziel's penis, claiming that he once sent a video of himself jingling uh, to the song It's a Small World while riding on a ride at Disneyland or something. Gosh. Um, she says the claims are so outrageous that she found them funny, but insists it's absolutely 100% bogus and a hoax. Um, the identity of the person behind this hoax has not yet been revealed, but Samantha says whoever was behind the prank should be ashamed of themselves. And it's a shame that you're taking advantage of the legal system, you're playing with people's reputations and careers, and it's hurtful. Um, Manziel's reps also insist that it's a hoax, that he's never made any penis videos or anything like that. Um, who does... <laughs> Kelly, I mean... Seriously. I don't know. I, I got to admit, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, you read all the, the most over-the-top, bizarre court filing I've ever seen. I mean, there's one point where it says, obviously, the hot dog bun thing... But And then he called me up and told me he wanted a threesome with Dr. Drew. I mean, just all sorts of weird accusations in here to where if 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 it was true, I guess it'd be funny on Johnny Mansell's part. I don't know. Uh, I think it might be kind of creepy. It would be, it'd be pretty weird. It would say he was a weird dude, and certainly you would think that the Cleveland Browns would say, oh, my God, this guy has <laughs> not grown just, up. Yeah. I mean, we just drafted someone we thought was growing up, and putting his penis between hot dog buns, dancing around to children's music. So, yeah, it's very strange. I read the whole thing, and, I mean, it was funny. I was, I was showing them to my buddies at work, and it's funny. That gets my vote because I'm glad it was fake. I would like to know who who did it, who secretly did this because that's, that's pretty funny. It is very funny. In my opinion. So the Johnny Manziel... Strange lawsuit that was, I mean, it was a couple long pages of just extremely strange comments and dancing and talking about how he admits that he has a small penis, but he has this. And, and I mean, just the most bizarre accusations ever. Turns out it was all fake. Somebody, it was just a simple practical joke. That's so, a serious practical joke. A serious practical joke. I would think someone would get in a lot of trouble if they get caught for it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because it's. They actually filed it. So. It was clearly not just some loser on Twitter. This has to be someone who knows the legal system enough to fake someone's name. And, I mean, what did they get out of that? Maybe they're in cahoots with TMZ.com. Maybe. And maybe they got I mean, because you're putting yourself out there. If you get caught, Johnny Menzel could certainly sue you if you have any money. Oh, you yeah. would think that this is someone who knows the legal system. At least maybe a, involved in it would be a lawyer or, you know, some uh, paralegal or someone who knows how to file a suit that will actually get publicity. So I, I don't know. I mean, that was very, very bizarre. That gets my vote. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I also like <laughs> find this funny story with Brandon Jennings funny as well. So Yeah, that is funny. It's interesting. Like, hey, you can't marry your girlfriend because she's married to a woman. Which is fine. I mean, that, that's stuff like that's bound to happen. Brandon Jennings seems to really thrive on doing things for the first time. <laughs> so, we'll see. Great Ashley's Loco Cinco. We're going to head to a break here. 
And Ashley and I will be back with more of your weekend sports. Book. Welcome back to your weekend sports buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon. Talk about all things in the world of sports. Coming off a great segment of Ashley's Loco Cinco where among the five contestants for the contest this week, we got votes for Brandon Jennings. Also the very bizarre Johnny Manziel story, I think, got my vote just because of the just ridiculous over the topness of the the story overall. Um, one of the one of the stories that we did not get to, but we've spoke about in weeks past, is that Ray Rice and the instant where he at the time it was his fiance, but he got in trouble for knocking. Just seemingly, we don't we'll never know exactly what happened, but. Knocked his his fiance out in an elevator and then dragged her lifeless body out in a, just a very disturbing scene. Um, but he he has released a, a statement and so did his wife. I know we have some of the some of the audio there. But during the time I had, I had a chance to jot a lot of things down and uh, just a little bit. I just want to first off apologize to uh, you know Steve Bashotti, Isaac Newsom, and Coach Harbaugh. Yeah, and um, also, want to apologize to my fans. It's a very long, um, to the kids, you know, it, it's a seven seven minute video, Ashley, where, where both that, um, Ray and his wife, his current wife and the, the mother of his child, um, both apologize and, and basically ask for forgiveness from the Ravens fans. And something that's got a lot of publicity from that is that his wife came out and said she apologized for his, her role in basically getting knocked out. Right, which is interesting. Which is kind of disturbing. It's very disturbing. She may have had a lot more to do with it than, than we, we saw. Maybe she was hitting him. Maybe she hit him ten times. But, I mean, he's a powerful NFL running back, and he knocked her out. So, I mean, it's women's rights groups and, and different organizations probably aren't going to take too well to her apologizing. Yeah, they'll be all over that. For basically getting knocked out. So, I mean, an interesting thing. Um, they said one thing I did notice is that Ray and his wife said, you know, we, we look forward to, to continuing to raise our son Raven. So I guess their son's name is Raven after the Baltimore Ravens. And I guess we're going to now move on past this and, and everybody will look past the Ray Rice issue and just get back to playing football. That has to be one of the worst cases of domestic abuse among professional athletes that's actually been caught on camera. On camera, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty disturbing. I'm not a Ravens fan. I'm a Bengals fan, so I've never been a huge Ray Rice fan regardless. But I would think that if someone out, you know, a lot of people out there who are Ravens fans maybe struggle with this. I mean, Pac-Man Jones had a horrible situation at a strip club where he, he punched a stripper in the face in front of a bunch of people, and I mean, there's... A lot of a lot of issues like that have happened, but this has to be one of the more visible ones by 
at certain points, maybe one of the biggest stars in the league. I mean, for fantasy football for years, Ray Rice has been a first-round draft pick, maybe even at times been number one, number two overall pick out there. So, I mean, it's an interesting interesting way that they just came out and, and issued an apology, and they even had uh, Ray Rice's wife involved in it. Yeah, it's interesting, though, that he never, in his apology, admitted yeah. striking her. Um, he also never mentioned the video at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see, apparently, it's not over in court or anything like that either. So this will be interesting to follow and see kind of how that pans out legally. Yeah, I, I would imagine that Ray certainly consulted an attorney, right, before before releasing this. They they probably said, you know, we don't want you to... We don't want you to come out and admit that you punched her. You know, all sorts of legal implications. Maybe, as you said, maybe even they they didn't want um, him to allude to the fact that a video is out there. Maybe they're still claiming maybe that that wasn't even him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact court implications of the video. You know who would be a good person to ask about that? Brandon J. Lawrence. Brandon J. Lawrence. 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We'll see what what Brandon has to say about the almost awkward video released of both Ray Rice and his wife apologizing for the incident. Are there any legal implications? Um, You you assume that he's not denying the issue altogether. He apologized for it. Um, But very disturbing that he he can just knock his fiancé out, drag her out of I mean, you have to punch someone, I mean... You have to punch someone pretty hard to knock them out. Yeah. And then and then to drag them right out of the the, the um, elevator like that. So, I mean, interesting thing. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Not a bunch going on right now in the world of University of Kentucky or University of Louisville sports. Gorgie Jang, over the past week, and just off the top of my head here, are a few of the things that did come out. Gorgie Jang was named to the All-NBA second team for rookies over this past week. Go, Gorgie. So, Gorgie doing good in the, in the league. Um, you know, if, if I were wearing my Louisville Cardinal fan hat, I could point out, and I'm not doing this, but I could, that you there could. was no Kentucky players that made it to the all, all first all-rookie team or the second team. While mm. Gorgie Jang did, even though he was playing in a, a crowded front court in Minnesota, he made it to the All-NBA second team for rookies. It's impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Other storylines out there, I guess, would be the Teddy Bridgewater, which we, we talked about earlier. What else is going on in the world of sports? Right now, for me, Ashley, it's just the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's probably where most people's interests lie right now, is who's going to win and... Who's going to be in the NBA Finals? What's and your it, prediction? It's probably going to be the Heat. I, I got a real. I'm a Pacers first. fan. You know, here at 1450 WXVW, we have an, uh, an affiliation now with the Indiana Pacers, and there's even more big news to come from that uh, soon. So, um, and I, I just happen to be a Pacers fan my whole life. But yes, I would say that it's going to be against the Spurs. I don't think that the Spurs, regardless of how great they play, I don't think that they have what it takes to dethrone King James. 
I know it's cliche to say, but no, I, I don't think that there's any question about it. The, the Heat are still the favorite to win it. Agreed. And then LeBron James will probably stick around. The, the, the next biggest thing, I guess, would be the NBA draft. Yeah. And that, that's the coming up soon. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, for the third time in four years, have the number one overall pick. And if Joel Embiid, the big shot-blocking center out of Kansas, Andrew Wiggins, the, the wingman from Kansas, or Jabari Parker out of Duke, one of those guys will be the first overall pick. Ashley, do you have any inclination as to who would be the first overall pick? I don't know that I do. Honestly, I don't know. Well, who has the first pick? The, the Cavaliers. Cavs do. I don't know because I feel like they need a little bit of everything. They need a little bit of everything. They, yeah. they have Anthony um, Bennett, who was first pick overall last year, and he he's no – I mean, he's – Kind of a bust. He, I, I'd almost say he's a complete bust, even though it's just one year in. He still may end up having a good – supposedly the Cavs have not given up on – on Anthony Bennett yet, which is good because he's just one year into his his career in the NBA, but he's not looking like that was a good pick at all. No. So, I mean, they, they I think they still have Anderson Verjao, big man who, who hustles, kind of looks like Bozo the Clown with his big hair. <laughs> but they, they've got some talent on that team. They've got Kyrie Irving at the, the, the point guard spot. Yeah, I feel like this it could go so many different ways because I think they could use any of those guys that you just named. Like any of those guys I think could be a tremendous asset to the Cavs. I guess it just comes down to who is going to be the, you know, who, who who's the best regardless of position. You don't want to draft just based on need. They have Luau Deng at the small forward spot. He's good. Yeah. Tristan Thompson at power forward. Spencer Halls. They don't have much in the form of centers. I, I I would draft Julius Randle. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And that's hard for me to say out loud. Okay. But Ashley I, Miller <laughs> would draft Julius Randle with the number one overall pick. Wow. Um, that, I th- That's surprising. Is it? That is. Well, I think that he probably has the least amount of adjustments to make in order to be productive in the NBA. That's fair. And um, I think because of that, he's somebody that you can um, almost expect to come in and have an immediate impact on your team, and that's something they need. I think there's no question about it that Julius Randle is going to be an impactful player at the next level. He's going to be, I would say, and this is may sound like a bold statement, I would say at the very least... He's going to be Zach Randolph 2.0. And Zach Randolph has had a hell of a career putting up 20 points, 10 rebounds for, I don't know, 10 seasons? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't. It depends on how good you really think Jabari Parker is or how good you really think Andrew Wiggins is. Or is Joe Embiid going to be one of the many centers who has health problems mm-hmm. that prohibit him from really playing a lot. Do you think of uh, Greg a lo- Odom? Greg Odin, uh, Sam Bowie, Michael Alwakandi. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the list goes on and on about guys who ha- have, you know, look like good centers coming out, but they, you know, they don't end up panning out. Hashim yeah. Thabit was taken number two overall. Right. And even if it's not injury... A lot of times, centers don't pan out. Yeah. Now, is Andrew Wiggins the type guy who's the? I don't know. That's so hard to tell. It's Hindsight's really twenty twenty. The NFL is one thing, but the NBA is almost because more I more think, like you just you just. I almost feel like I know as much as these GMs about those top three. Well, picks. you think like 
the NFL is a whole different ballgame because the, those guys have a larger body of work to choose from. Like, you've seen these guys develop for three years. Well, they have to play three years, right, for college yep. in the NFL. So you've gotten three years to evaluate these kids versus the NBA. Some of these guys are straight, like, one year out of college, and you've seen you only can measure them by their potential upside. So you're not really sure what they're going to look like in two or three years down no. the road. So yeah. um, it's tough. I think that's really tough. Oh, it, very difficult. Clearly, as uh, there's a very high percentage, Kwame Brown, I said Sam Bowie, that was more injury. Um, but, I mean, we could go up and down the list. I'll bring it up here. Over the years, number one, let's see, number one NBA draft picks history. All right, I'm bringing it up here, and and – they don't always pan out by any stretch. Michael Jordan was famously passed over. Um, you know, Sam Bowie. I think Patrick Ewing may have went ahead of him. All right, we have Anthony Bennett last year to the Cavaliers. The year before that, 2012, Anthony Davis. He is certainly not uh, a bust. Kyrie Irving to the Cavs in 2011. John Wall to the Wizards in 2010. Not a bust. Blake Griffin to the Clippers in 20, 2009. Derrick Rose to the Bulls, he won an MVP, but is he going to play again? I mean, what the hell's going on with mm-hmm. Derrick Rose? Was, no, was that no. a bad, I won't say that's a bad pick. All right. So then we got 2007 and 2006, two guys who you got to say are busts. Greg Oden in 20, 2007 to the Portland Trailblazers and Andre Barnani to the Raptors in 2006. Barnani hasn't done that bad. He's averaged 11 and 11 points and three rebounds. So I guess, yeah, he's clearly a bust. Hmm. Andrew Bogut in 2005. Dwight Howard, LeBron James, Yao Ming, Kwame Brown, Kenyon Martin, Elton Brand, Michael Alokandi, Alan Iverson, Tim Duncan, Joe Smith. So over the years, it's tough. It's a difficult thing. I, I, I mean, if I knew what I was going to get out of Joel Embiid, he seems to me like the second coming maybe of Anthony Davis. Not offensively, but just his size and the way he can impact the game. If he's going to truly be a center that you can build around earlier, we talked about Tim Duncan and his, him, his impact on both the offensive and defensive side. If you knew that what you were going to get out of a center, I'd think you'd almost go center about every year. If, if you knew that someone was going to be that good. But you don't know. All these guys are injury risk or even, like I said, Derrick Rose. Um, any of these guys can turn out to be busts. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. It's so hard to to measure how those guys are gonna. How it's frustrating for me because it's just like you know, like we say Andrew Wiggins or we say Julius Randle, but even as good as he looks, you've only seen him for one season. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes and who the scouts end up falling all over by the end of these little evaluations in the last few weeks. My Cincinnati Reds lost last night. They're now 22-25, and 25, so just a few games under five hundred. It's still very early in the season. Over the last 10, they're 5-5. Five and five. Um, You know, they're five and a half games out of first place, still behind the Milwaukee Brewers in the St. Louis Cardinals in the Central Division. They've got a lot of injuries they're dealing with. Joey Votto, Jay Bruce, Matt Latos. Next game is today, 8 o'clock p.m. Mike Leake starting against Adam Wainwright. 
the Cardinals' ace. Uh, so, I mean, big game. It's early in the season. Baseball's such a difficult thing to really evaluate at any point almost. Yeah. Five and a half games isn't that much, but, man, they've had some rough breaks. I didn't even mention Aroldis Chapman got hit in the face with the ball. So, I mean, Ouch. this Reds team has really been depleted this year on the injury front. Hopefully they get healthy and, and they're able to capitalize. I mean, Johnny Cueto and, and um, Alfredo Simon, they're still putting together a nice season from their starting rotation. But it sure is tough to overcome those damn injuries, especially at that level, those caliber of players. We're going to actually head to a break here, and then we'll be ready for our last segment of the day when we'll have our man Brandon J. Lawrence call in, correct us on any factual inaccuracies we may have had. Ashley and I will be back with more of your weekend sports bar. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Miller coming back at you for the our final segment of the day. Take us to the 12 o'clock hour. I want to encourage our, our listeners to stay tuned. Those weekend golf guys coming up. Doug, are they going to be in studio today? Oh, okay. They're most, it seems that they've been on remote, remote lo- locations for the most part as of late. So... Those weekend golf guys coming at you uh, right after our show here on 1450 WXVW. Be sure to stay tuned for that. We're going to have our man Brandon J. Lawrence calling in here shortly. I don't know exactly if he's found anything that we've maybe butchered or, you know, any, any factual inaccuracies from today's show. Ashley, what's what's going on? In the world of sports, we've got the NBA playoffs. That's probably... Are, are we struggling for topics today? <laughs> I, I think so, but honestly, I think that that's uh, the, the NBA playoffs and NBA draft are the two things that probably are on. Probably playoffs first, draft as a far second. Here's, here's a story. Byron Scott, who I, I actually saw him play when he played for my Pacers back in the day, famously was a teammate of Magic Johnson and all them for the Lakers. He's come out and said that he would be the perfect guy to lead the Lakers through these final few seasons of Kobe Bryant's career. Bryant is a proven head coach. He, he had success with New Orleans and the, the, the Hornets, leading Chris Paul. and um, So, I mean, he, he's got NBA head coaching experience. He's not one of these new guys who, who just come fresh off like a la Mark Jackson or Steve Kerr. But Byron Scott, why not? Make him the head coach of the Lakers. Maybe maybe find a fit there uh, for, for the team. I think it's interesting that the whole way, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, the way that the, the head coaching searches are really changing in the NBA. Steve Kerr took Mark Jackson's spot as head coach of the, the Warriors. Right. Neither of them had any head coaching experience before. So you don't, it's not a prerequisite. It sounds like 
after the Thunder are eliminated from the playoffs that they may announce shortly afterward that Derek Fisher becomes the head coach of the Knicks. Do you think he's ready to retire? I, I would think so. Derek Fisher's up there. How old did we say he is? Uh, he, he, can't have that, he can't have that many years left in him. Yeah, I like Derek Fisher. He's got that, that very, very popular story where his, his daughter was battling some form of cancer, so he, he left the Los Angeles Lakers because the best doctor in the country was in Utah. He went to coach, I'm sorry, he went to play under the Utah Jazz just so his daughter could get treatment. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you win, you win brownie points with people like that when you have good stories. Now, I've never really heard many people have any, anything short of good, positive words to say about Derek Fisher. I don't know if he's finished playing. That'll certainly be a first. Mm-hmm. Actually, Bill Russell, I guess, as Steve said earlier, as Carolina said earlier, he was a player coach, but that's different. That was a whole different era. Yeah, definitely different era. You, you do see Jeff Van Gundy, I'm sorry, Stan Van Gundy, recently was given the head coaching job. Um, of the, the Pistons, also the GM, and he, he's running things. So some of those retread coaches still exist. Mm-hmm. They're not clearly going in this direction of just players. Right. So some of the older guys who have a lot of head coaching experience do get to stick around and, and resurface. Supposedly, um, Jeff Van Gundy's now a candidate for a couple jobs. But... But for the most part, the, the entire nature of filling head coaching vacancies in the league is, is really training, is, is really changing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. we got 8 o'clock tonight. We've got the, the, the Thunder versus the Spurs. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Are, are the Thunder completely dead? You would think that they'll at least make a series out of it, maybe win this game and, and move on to... It, it being a 2-1 series. But I think the San Antonio Spurs and the way that Scotty Davenport and Carolina Steven, all of us really, admit that the San Antonio Spurs play basketball the right way. Yes. That they are going to advance to the NBA Finals, and it's going to be two of the greatest players in the history of the sport, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan and LeBron James, squaring off for a chance to really, I won't say cement their legacy, but add on to what is already... Hall of Hall of Fame careers. Oh sure. I guess sure. the question turns into: Do the San Antonio Spurs actually have a chance at beating the Heat? On paper, they've got Tim Duncan, they've got the center, and the the, the Heat don't have anything close to that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bosh is not going to shut down Tim Duncan. No. I don't think Chris Anderson is. No. Um. It's interesting, you know, like on paper, I would say yes, they have a chance. Um, but when Miami's clicking on all cylinders, they're they're tough for anybody to beat. So I would expect that game, that series to maybe go six games, but um, definitely Miami wins. Wasn't it last year that the those two met? In, I think it was. Those two met in the finals, I think, last year, and the Heat won. Was it? Were they in the finals last year? I'm bringing it up right here, I think. It's funny how... It, it seems the, like the, so the, long ago. The, the old saying is, if you don't win it, people don't even remember you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's... I mean, we literally can't remember. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. 2003 it was. NBA Finals Miami Heat versus... You say 2013? 13, yeah. 2013, yeah. So, it's a rematch of last year's finals. Has anything changed? I mean, the, the, the reputation of the Spurs team is that they're super old. 
Which was the same last year. Which was the same last year. Um, so, I mean, has anything changed that much? I guess you got to say that the Heat with Shane Battier and Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade with his knee problems are also pretty old. They're aging also. They're yeah. aging. They don't have someone like Kawhi Leonard. So, I don't know. The question t- turns into, and we've got a little bit of time left in the show, 502-384-1450. Can the Spurs beat the Heat today? Can the Sp- I'm sorry, can the Spurs beat the Heat this year in the finals? Because they're clearly going to be the team that represents the Western Conference. I think they can. I think I think they I think they will in in a couple of games. I don't think in a best of seven series they win it. You don't think that they'll they'll beat the dethrone King James and the, no. the Heat. Who leads the the Spurs in scoring? Oh, that's a great question. I don't even know. I, I bet they're one of those teams, and I'm bringing it up right now that they've got five, maybe five guys or something like that who average double figures. You got to say Tony Parker. Averages all right. We got Tony Parker averaging 19 points a game. Tim Duncan averaging 16. Mono Ginobili averaging four. I'm sorry, 14. Kawhi Leonard 13.4, and then Danny Green 9.4. And I think this is actually, hmm. yeah, this is the postseason. So through 14 games, and then you've got Tiago Splitter at 8.9, Boris Diaw at 8.6, Patty Mills at 7.2, Marco Bellinelli. At six points a game. So, I mean, they've got so many guys contributing. Right. Uh, clearly on the, the rebounding and, and all that, the, the guy who always brings it is Tim Duncan at 8.5. Yeah. Tiago Splitter at 7.9. So, I mean, they've, they've truly got a, a good team. I think that would it be better for the NBA for LeBron to continue this dynasty or to have a true team like the Spurs win it all? Because I don't get that magical feeling like we had when and you and I were both products of watching Michael Jordan come up and win his six titles. We seem to know that truly greatness was, was occurring, right? Right. People appointed Michael Jordan early on as the greatest player ever. I don't get that same feeling about this Miami Heat team. Well, I don't. I like there's a lot of different factors. For too. whatever reason, I don't. Maybe it's that LeBron James' strength isn't shooting. Well, I mean, he, look how big he is. Like, yeah. He's not a guard. So, I mean, and I think that that's something in his game that he's developed over the course of the last several years as he's been working on his um, his outside shooting as well as his low post game. So um, I think those are things like it's something I think about him and think about the greatness of a player he is is that he adds weapons every offseason, which is interesting because he doesn't have that much time. You think like now he's playing until basically June – for NBA Finals, they have, what, the month of July off and yeah. right back to it. So um, it's impressive that anybody continues to develop and add things to their game when you don't even truly get an off season. We talked about the two polar opposites being the, the, the Thunder, who are just two men who, who lead that team, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, and then the, the, the opposite of that or the contrast to that would be the San Antonio Spurs, who we just broke down their numbers. I'm looking at this Heat team, and maybe they would fall somewhere in between. In the playoffs this year, 12 games, LeBron James averages 28.6 points a game, 7.2 rebounds, 5 assists. So he he leads his team in score in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game. 
So it's like, how do you not and, give him credit for being the greatest player? M- minutes per game, ever. yeah. No, I mean, that's... Nobody, nobody else can do that. And I've heard many people claim lately that, that Dwayne Wade is maybe the second best shooting guard in the history of the league. Hmm. Very interesting dynamic there to think about. He's already won three titles. Mm-hmm. Many, many people forget him and Shaq won one. I think it was 06. 06. Uh, so if he wins a title this year, that'll be his fourth ring. Sure, he's toward the end or the back end, the back nine, as some say, of his career, as those weekend golf guys would say. He's, he's on the back nine of his career, but he's already won three titles. So it's Dwayne Wade maybe completely underrated throughout this playoffs. I think he's underrated just because he stands in the shadow of LeBron James. If Similar to Le- how Pippen was, maybe. Sure, because before LeBron came, the Miami Heat were Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat. And you think about, like, he was the guy on that team before LeBron came there. So I do think that he kind of gets poo-pooed on a little bit because he's kind of like the... He's not the the star anymore the way he was before LeBron came there. But um, I commend him for being willing to take that back seat a little bit. He seems to handle it like a true champ. He does. Because I think it seems like to him it's about winning. And that seems to be most important. It should be most important in a team sport anyway. When In 2006, when he, he won the title, sure Shaq was there. But, but it was It was Dwayne, Dwayne Wade yeah. was the one who, I mean, he was the... He didn't have LeBron. And even as much as we talk about his knees and the fact that he's getting older, let's look at these stats through this playoffs. Right now, not last year or two years ago, he's averaging 34.8 minutes a game, 19.5 points per game, 3.5 rebounds a game, 4.1 assists, Mm -hmm. one, you know, almost 1.5 steals a game. So, I mean... It's also interesting to me that his assist turnover ratio is very close to LeBron's. It is. You're right. Mario Chalmers is leading the team in that category, 2.6. And he's a small forward. I think that's the thing. Like When you look at like at the stats like that, this is a small forward that's 6'8", 250. LeBron's ridiculous. But he's leading his team in scoring rebounds, assists, and steals. It's bizarre. That's crazy. And you could make an argument that he's extremely underrated. He is. I think he is. And I don't think that people will get how much so until he's done playing. Because there won't be anyone ever like him. I know last week we had the legendary Anthony Shellman on the line with us. Huge Heat fan. And Ashley, you and and Anthony seem to be in agreement Mm -hmm. in large part about the LeBron and his legacy. Yeah. I mean, do do you think LeBron's better than Jordan? I think so. And I think so because... Jordan was a guard. Yeah, he he dunked and those types of things. But um, I wish LeBron were a decade before his time. Why is that? Because I think the league was so much better then and so much more competitive that you have people like Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Larry Bird. Like, all of those guys are playing in the league at one time. Like, the league is not anywhere close to that now. But just to see how he would compare or match up against those guys would be, I think, phenomenal. But um, I think even though Jordan was a fantastic scorer and shooter, he was a guard, and he played as a guard. Like, you didn't really see him doing a whole lot of posting up. He wouldn't bring the ball up the court very often or— Right, and you have he was a great post player, but he would post up other guards. I mean, he, guards, he wouldn't sure. go. Yeah, he wouldn't He's go down and bang down. with the big guys. Exactly, and um, I don't think 
you're going to see another player of that size be able to do all of the stuff he does. Like, people are like, oh, well, he's his shot's not that great. He's a freaking small forward. And he's a four. I mean, he's a four. Like, you wouldn't be asking any other four in the league to step out and shoot threes consistently. But because it's LeBron James, like, he can do that too. And if that's the rap on him, right, that he, he's not that great of a shooter, which I, I know I said it just a couple minutes ago, let's actually look at how good of a shooter he is. All right, let's see, regular season, right, this past year, mm-hmm. from the free throw line, 75%. That's not that bad. Mm-mm. Three points, just about 38% from the three-point line. Which is not too far no, under, that, like, Mario Chalmers, Ray Allen. No, that's a good three-point. He's a good three-point shooter. And his field goal percentage is 57%. Yep. So, I mean, let's see what Jordan, I could bring it up. I don't, I don't. I think the only person don't mean to have turned this into just Jordan versus no, LeBron. No, I was say the only person with the higher field goal percentage on his team is Chris Anderson, and you know that he's mostly shooting layups. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Shaq, Shaq shot a ridiculously high field goal percentage. That's because he would dunk the ball and he mm-hmm. would, he would score inside. Um, when when you he, I mean, LeBron shoots more threes than Michael Jordan ever shot. All right, for his career. Michael Jordan shot just under 50% from the field. For LeBron's career, so Michael Jordan shot 49.7%. For LeBron's career, wow, 49.7. Exact same career field goal percentage through the regular seasons. But, I mean, the the direction of LeBron's field goal percentage is, is also interesting. Because he's up to about 57% right now Yeah. for this past season. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 70, he played 77 games. It's not like he played a, a, a brief season. Sure. And playing long seasons every season. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, you, you think LeBron's better than Jordan? That's fine. He's still, he's still a young guy. I think LeBron is the most all-around basketball player, like the most complete package of a basketball player that – has ever been on this earth. And I, I would argue he's not getting the recognition he deserves. I mm-hmm. think the Heat are on the verge of winning their third consecutive title, fourth trip to the finals in, in four years. I don't know. History books always will have a different perspective than, than us living in the present. Is he going to go down as being as good as Michael Jordan? I don't think he had. I think if he retired today, Jordan won six titles. Mm-hmm. LeBron's only won two thus far. He's only 29. Jordan was winning them up until he was like 35. Right. So if he went, oh wait, is this number four though? No, this is is number three because he went to the finals with the Cavs. You're right. And they lost. And then the first year he got in Miami, he went and he lost. And now they've won two in a row. If he wins now, this would be three. This would be Dwayne Wade's fourth. Hmm. And his spot in the the record books um, will always be. I mean, maybe similar to Casey Jones or Scottie Pippen or or Tony Parker, I guess. But I would argue that he's more along the lines of Scottie Pippen, who many consider to be one of the top 50 greatest players ever. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Wade being considered and talked about as maybe the second best shooting guard in the history of the league. So, I mean, there's a lot going on with the NBA playoffs right now. I love it. I'm very excited. I I I don't hate the Heat. I'm not a Heat hater. I'm a Pacers fan. I would obviously love to see the Pacers win and knock the Heat out. But I would also like to see the Spurs beat the Heat in the finals. I, I, I like storylines. I like good teams. Mm-hmm. 
But I got to admit that if the if the Heat win it, that's three in a row. That's something that not many teams have done. And the scary thing is they could still retool next year and come back for a fourth in a row. Right. So we're on the verge of that. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot to lot to still play out. They win three in a row. You can officially dub them a dynasty. Oh yeah, you can, and especially if LeBron then says, "Hell, let's let's stick around," because. Since Bill Russell, I think it's been, where someone has actually won four in a row. So if he wins four in a row, that immediately puts him into, at least in this era, and that includes Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. People don't win four in a row. Mm-mm. On, a, on a, a, a day and a weekend, Ashley, where we didn't have many true um, topics, I think we got through the show well. Me too. We got through mostly NBA talk, but I'm okay with that. I'm never opposed to that. So, Ashley, it's been a great show. I want to encourage our listeners... Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 11 and come back and join Ashley and I next Sunday from 10 until noon for more of your weekend sports buzz.